Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 32494, the earliest show in the archive, 32494. My interview with Donald Trump from 110-2011. 110-2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Marijuana, dope, doobie, all funny, right? Well, welcome to the Michael Savage bonus podcast. It's not funny. No, it's not dope. It's called dope for a reason. A massive new scientific study that's real proves the normalization of cannabis is a gigantic social disaster. You may not know this, but it was George Soros who first pushed the medical marijuana initiatives, both in Arizona and California. I fought with his spokesmouth then. And I'm telling you right now, researchers are finding that the health data that they analyze of 7 million people have linked weed use to usually increase mental illness rates, particularly among adolescent males, including as much as a 30% of schizophrenia cases admitted to hospitals among young men. Did you hear me? Are you listening or you're too stoned to hear it? The trend represents not just greater use, but the increasing potency of weed and weed products. And this is only going to keep going up because of the profit motive and the industrialization of marijuana production, which is promoting delivery of even more concentrated THC. This may not be a very popular opinion, but I've passionately warned about the dangers of marijuana for many years, since 1998. As more information comes to light, it's time to take a look at the facts about weed once again. Are you ready to listen? Let's listen to part one of a podcast that I'm calling Marijuana, a Mind Poison. And remember, legalization was pushed by George Soros. That should tell you everything. As president, I'll work to reform the criminal justice system, improve community policing, decriminalize marijuana, and automatically expunge prior marijuana convictions. I'm Joe Biden, and that's my commitment to you, and I approve this message. Welcome to the Michael Savage podcast. Today, we're going to talk about cannabis, marijuana, and of course, you're all convinced it's the greatest thing since uh, mother's milk. I've been trying to warn you for years now about the false claims for marijuana, the dangers to teenagers and those with developing minds. The number one thing you should remember from this podcast, I know you've already turned it off if you're a pothead and you're addicted. It is a very addictive drug, but the most important thing for you to remember is my biggest complaint about marijuana, as with all other drugs, including alcohol, is it makes you think you're something you're not. We know about fights that break out in bars because people think they're nine foot tall when they're not nine foot tall because alcohol warps people's sense of who they are. It's the same with marijuana. Marijuana has warped the minds of millions of people in this country, which is why America is not what it thinks it is. It's why this degenerate government can get away with what it gets away with. It's why most of you don't even know what's going on in the world, but you think you do. Now, there's a couple of headlines that I will read to you, and we'll look into them in detail. Risks outweigh benefits in cannabis use. Psychiatrists concerned over dangers of smoking cannabis. 
Medical cannabis unlikely to benefit most chronic pain patients. FDA warns companies to stop making false claims for THC and uh, CBD. I mean, these are some of the things that you need to look at. There's another one, schizophrenia linked to marijuana. That's a given. I don't think you understand how many people are winding up in emergency rooms from the new and more powerful varieties of marijuana that are out there. And I'll read it to you right now, and we'll see what you think about it. I'm sure most of you who are addicted to pot will disagree with everything that I say to you. Even if it's scientifically true, you don't care. Here's a new study from Denmark. The proportion of schizophrenia cases linked with problematic use of marijuana increased over the past 25 years, blah, blah, blah. In 1995, 2% of schizophrenia diagnoses in the country were associated with cannabis use disorder. In 2000, it increased around 4%. Since 2010, that figure increased to 8%. Now, this is well old, 10 years old, 12 years old. But the fact of the matter is, I will quote the associate professor at the Copenhagen Research Center for Mental Health, and this study could not be done today. And he said this, there is unfortunately evidence to suggest that cannabis is increasingly seen as a somewhat harmless substance. This is unfortunate since we see links with schizophrenia, poorer cognitive functions, substance use disorders. I think it is highly important to use both our study and other studies to highlight and emphasize that cannabis use is not harmless. Now, the fact of the matter is people who use cannabis heavily are affected more heavily. It's one of the reasons there is an outbreak of violence in this country. That's right. I will repeat to you something I've told you over the years. Take the word hashish. We all know what hashish is. Did you know that the word derives from the Arabic word for assassin, assassin, hashish? Because Arab assassins all smoked hashish before going on their murder sprees. So this is just one article. You don't have to believe me. It's only a cautionary tale. I'm trying to enlighten you to the dangers of smoking cannabis. Here is another study on the issue. Medication to combat the side effects of using cannabis and other recreational drugs could become commonplace among the country's young men. What young men? Well, this is in Antigua. This was the stark warning yesterday from the internal medicine and psychiatry consultant at the St. Lester Bird Medical Center, Dr. Chanel Joseph. She's currently caring for several patients, both at the hospital and at her private practice, who are suffering from the negative effects of smoking marijuana and using other drugs. And she's encouraging patients and parents to be vigilant towards their children's behavior and educate them on the repercussions of using drugs, including marijuana. And she talked about how marijuana interacts with chemicals in the brain, normal chemicals in the brain, especially in teenagers. Here's what she said. A lot of people think, well, it's natural, so it can't be toxic or bad for you. There are marijuana and THC receptors in the brain, and a young pre-teenager whose brain is still developing, you want to avoid any chemicals that might interfere with that process she explained again if you're addicted to marijuana i'm sure you don't care let's look at some other studies and you can you take it for what it is i mean uh, if you're if you're addicted to marijuana you don't care about any of this you're saying i'm just an old guy who drinks alcohol i'm not saying alcohol is good for you i'm saying marijuana is very dangerous for you here's a new study in the british medical journal medical cannabis might be a helpful therapy for some people who have chronic pain but it's unlikely to benefit most according to New clinical guidelines published in the journal British Medical Journal. Even as medical marijuana has been legalized in many U.S. states and Washington, D.C., healthcare providers and patients have had little guidance on when it's appropriate to use, especially for chronic pain. 
It's not a panacea. We know that. And many people may not even be getting what they think they're getting. A lot of this is fake, by the way, out there. Now, I could go on with other articles, but I'm going to skip jump to something else, which is the use of marijuana in our country and the use of Soma in Huxley's fictional book, Brave New World. We get messaging on a daily basis from big government and big news against tobacco, which is warranted. Tobacco is a killer. But why is the same media lauding weed as some kind of panacea and always singing its praises? You have to read Brave New World to understand that one. That's a huge one. FDA warns companies to stop making false claims for THC and CBD products. The companies have been selling products with Delta HTHC, a compound that has psychoactive and intoxicating effects. There are currently no FDA-approved drugs that contain Delta-8 THC. We know they're unregulated. We know that the government doesn't want you to smoke marijuana, and so therefore you're sure it's good for you. But I would suggest you think about this because it's a jungle out there. And many of you who rely upon bud tenders think that they know what they're talking about. Most of them are just potheads who took a job in a pot industry to get free marijuana or get it at a discount. Their job is to sell you on marijuana, not to give you medical advice. Very important for you to know that. So there are many other studies about this that are worth looking into. And I hope that some of this will, uh, let's say, save you from taking a wrong turn in your life. Or if you're overusing the drug, maybe this will help you get the treatment that you need. Because the fact of the matter is marijuana is a deadly drug and one of the most deceptive of all drugs for the main reason is that it makes you think you're something that you're not. It distorts your view of reality. Years ago, I met someone who said to me, everyone's a star behind their car. And what she meant was, when people drive around in their cars, they think that they're a movie star. Many people put on a, a certain face in their car. Everyone is a star behind their car, right? Now think about what this drug does to you. It's not without consequence, it's not without cost. There's a cost for everything. And so it's just a cautionary tale about the medical dangers of marijuana. This is not an ethical issue for me. It's not a, a drug versus no drug issue for me. I could care less what you do. I'm a libertarian when it comes to you using substances like this. I'm just trying to caution you, especially if you're a teenager or if you have a teenager. It explains the disconnect between America and reality. I'm Michael Savage. Thanks for listening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Is there anyone out there who still isn't clear about what doing drugs does? Okay, last time. This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Welcome back to the Michael Savage Podcast. Uh, we continue my perspective and that of many people in the medical profession who have been silenced, canceled, shut up, turned out, and told to go away by big marijuana. And I'm going to go forward by going backwards. Great article by a Blaine Cooper in the Star Tribune entitled, Legal Marijuana Will Lead Us to a Brave New World. It's a couple of years old, 
And the individual, Blaine Cooper, writes this, published in 1932, Huxley's Brave New World, has tantalized readers ever since with its frightening prediction of the future. In order to keep the masses in line, the totalitarian government of Brave New World gives its citizens SOMA, a chemical designed to provide a calming and euphoric effect. People are urged to take SOMA whenever they feel any negative emotion and thus are kept docile. They don't rebel against their tyrannical government because they're too doped up to care. The Soma that Huxley imagined in 1932, writes the author, bears a striking resemblance to a certain real-world drug today, marijuana. We can see how critical the banning of mind-altering drugs is to keeping a society free when we look back at Brave New World. And we see that the legalization of recreational marijuana across the United States is altering Americans' vision of themselves and of the nation. He writes that smoking weed is often associated with rebellion and counterculture, but in reality, it's really a useful method of controlling and oppressing the masses, especially the poor. In Brave New World, a rigid class system shapes society. The lower classes do all the menial jobs and are issued a dose of soma at the end of each workday. Their existence consists of waking up, working, getting high, and doing it all over again. Does that sound familiar to those of you listening to this show? The American poor are disproportionately responsible for using marijuana. And their lives, writes the author, are quickly turning into the working, getting high, doing it again the next day cycle. Many Americans use marijuana simply to relax at the end of a hard day. But this still reinforces a cycle that rewards subservience and apathy. Now, why is this a problem? Why is this a problem? It's a problem because people are lazy by nature. They like to just be docile. And the author concludes the article by saying, the change will be slow but nearly inevitable. Why would the citizens in Brave New World have any motivation to improve their lives? When all of their problems are solved with their daily dose of soma, it becomes nearly impossible for them to be upset. Get the picture? One other article from a publication entitled LitHub, Aldous Huxley foresaw America's pill-popping addiction with eerie accuracy. And the authors write this, soma is not a drug of the people, but of the state, and the authoritarian state at that. But the crown jewel of Huxley's dystopia, the linchpin which secures its infallibility, is a brave new psychopharmacological wonder drug, Soma, which chemically fills in any and all remaining cracks in the state's meticulously bioengineered ideological armor. For social stability in this new society does not become practically assured until AF after Ford 178, when, quote, 2,000 pharmacologists and biochemists were subsidized to produce the perfect drug, Soma, an all-purpose psychotropic drug with tranquilizing, anti-anxiety, sedative, hypnotic, stimulant, psychedelic, and antidepressant properties all rolled into one. Sound familiar? So if anything unpleasant should somehow happen in Brave New World, there was always Soma to give them a holiday from the facts. And there was always Soma to calm their anger, to reconcile them or you to your enemies, to make you patient and long-suffering. In the uh, old days, you could only accomplish these things by making a great effort. And after years of hard moral training, 
Now you swallow two or three half-gram tablets, and there you are and brave the world. The authors conclude by writing this. Ultimately, however, Huxley's novel depicts not a utopia but a dystopia. Huxley may describe a world in which all quotidian troubles are chemically ameliorated through perfectly designed, infallible psychotropic pills, but that does not mean that he advocates for such a world. And here's the punchline. On the contrary, Huxley depicts Soma as a destructive crutch which props up the authoritarian state by creating docile, directionless, and even dehumanized citizens incapable of feeling or expressing, much less living, the full range of human emotions, especially any that might be considered dangerous or subversive. People are cocooned in a state of chemically induced stupor, and Huxley's characters lack ambition, curiosity, or even any meaningful understanding of the human experience. They're addicts. They're just addicts. Now, in America, we're seeing outbreaks of violence, random violence at that, and we're never allowed to ask what drugs or chemicals the perpetrators may or may not have been on. Again, many of you will uh, knee-jerk jump to the statement that I'm proposing you use alcohol. I am not. But I am telling you that marijuana provokes impulses that are very hard to control in many people, as any addict will tell you after they've been in recovery. And that's all I have to say about this uh, war of the lies coming out of Hollywood and the government about how healthful marijuana is. After 50 or so years of telling us it was the most dangerous drug on earth, now they're telling us it's the most healthful drug on earth. Okay? And in this podcast that you're about to hear, which was done back in February 18th of 2021, I did a thing on the pure science of marijuana, the joys and medical dangers. And that includes things about the chemistry and pharmacology and effects on different regions of the mind and body. I explained what is CBD and THC, how cannabinoids act, the methods of consumption and negative health effects of THC. I read from the many scientific studies which expose the dangerous effects, and I state that states should decriminalize and control the substance because it's proven to be addictive. I also discuss the positive effects of CBD and how weed is made to appear harmless to control the population in the same manner as the Chinese were once controlled by opium, which was dumped on China by the British to control the Chinese. I hope you enjoy today's podcast, and I hope you give it a fair chance, and I hope you share it, especially with young people. I'm Michael Savage. Thanks for listening. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. The minute you mention the word marijuana, people get defensive and they say, well, you're not talking about the dangers of alcohol, which has destroyed more lives than marijuana. That's 100% true. But that doesn't mean either or. I'm not trying to sell alcohol here, nor am I peddling booze. I'm trying to tell you about the dangers of marijuana, the short and long-term effects of pot on the brain and body. Now, most of you already turned off. You don't want to hear it. It's all legal. It's all good. It's all wonderful. Is it? Do you know anything about marijuana and memory problems? Do you know what it does to your heart, to your lungs? Do you know what it does to pregnant or nursing mothers? Do you know about the risk of testicular cancer from smoking marijuana? No. Why? Because there's a gigantic marijuana industry out there, not only external, but in the government, pushing marijuana the same way opium was pushed upon the Chinese 
to dumb down the entire Chinese population. Opium was pushed upon the Chinese by the British to enslave and imprison the Chinese people. That's exactly what happened. Then along came the Boxer Revolution, and uh, that ended the opium addiction when they burned bales of opium in the ports of China and tried to kick the British out of China, who had addicted the Chinese people. Very interesting analogy, by the way, to the, quote, insurrection in Washington. It had nothing to do with marijuana, but just a little, a little parallel here as we're t- talking. So what is my expertise to talk about this? Why do I even have the right to tell you anything about marijuana when you know everything? You get high on marijuana. It's very popular. You heard it's good for you. It's harmless. It's just fun. Every movie shows another, another beautiful woman or another handsome man if you want to call them that, lighting up a joint like putting salt on a French fry. It's nothing. It's not dangerous, is it? Well, ask addiction centers if it's dangerous. Do you know about the millions of people who are addicted to marijuana? You don't because you're never seeing it because the industry is too powerful right now. And all of the governments want to get in on the act. At this point, Washington and Colorado, uh, you've seen the the voters speak uh, on this issue. And as it is, you know, the federal government has a lot to do when it comes to criminal prosecutions. It does not make sense from a prioritization point of view for us to focus on recreational drug users in a state that uh, has already said that under state law that's legal. So I'm going to do a little, a little work for you today on the dangers of marijuana. Again, what's my background? I'm very, very knowledgeable about plants and plant medicines, botanical medicines. I studied them for many years. I did re- research for many years, not just in books. I spent many years collecting medicinal plants in Fiji, in Tonga, in Samoa, and all through the South Pacific. I'm talking in the late 1960s, early 70s, and working with folk healers on on healing plants, finding out which plants cured what or were treating what, whether it be a cut or whatever. And we would collect the plant, make a botanical specimen, a herbarium specimen, collect some of the dried plant, and send it back to Washington, D.C., to the National Cancer Institute for testing. I also worked in extracting compounds from plants in graduate school. Uh, To this day, I can smell the chemicals that were used. I loved uh, organic chemistry. And my professor was, at the time, uh, the former head of research at one of the major chemical companies in the world. He taught me an awful lot. We didn't study marijuana. We studied medicinal plants. I smoked marijuana for many years i struggled with marijuana for those many years i remember to this day the day i started smoking marijuana i was 17 years old and a friend from brooklyn he was a bus driver so-called turned me on and he boasted that he turned the kid on i mean i was the kid i was sort of the innocent kid from queens to the rougher crowd from brooklyn and it was like a, a badge of honor for him that he turned the kid on now i struggled with marijuana from the minute I first smoked it. Why? Because I'm what's known as a high-strung personality. I believe marijuana is probably harmless to lower intelligence people. Now, I know there are some very high IQ people who smoke marijuana. I would say they're the exception, not the rule. Generally, marijuana is a drug for people with lower intelligences, lower IQs. 
and people don't have to use the higher powers of their brain. Again, that's a generalization, but it's generally true as well. I'm a high IQ person through uh, many years of testing and obviously looking at my, my accomplishments. I do not use Gorilla Glue on my hair in the morning, for example, as an example. I mean, there's certain things I know not to do. And certain one of the things I know not to do is use marijuana. So I smoked marijuana from 17. I struggled with it all through those years. I don't know how many years I smoked it, 13 years until I finally got rid of it. It was horrible. And, you, you know, I learned something before I go into the actual medicine of this stuff, the, the pharmacology. Uh, I learned something in the years of getting marijuana out of my system. I read at the time that as many years as you were smoking marijuana regularly now, that's how many years it would take to get it completely out of your mind and body. It's true, though. Because for years afterwards, I kept craving a joint. And before I go into the medicine of this, I got to go into the politics of this. We all know it's an industry that's enormous. And everyone's rushing for the new gold, the gold of marijuana sales. Did you know who started this rush to dope up the population? George Soros. Am I making it up? No, because I know very well what happened. 1998, I was a host on the radio, national host. George Soros sent out one of his hacks, his paid hacks, to push medical marijuana initiatives in California and Arizona. He put $1 million into each state. Pikers changed by today's standards of shifting or changing elections. He spent $1 million in each state to lobby for the legalization of marijuana, medical marijuana. I argued vociferously against it, saying that legalizing medical marijuana was simply opening the door to legalizing marijuana for children and others. Well, I lost. They won. And look at the society today. Look how stupid it's become. There's a, a word for marijuana called dope. And I believe that it's doped our society to an extent that anyone who is rational can see. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Chicago lawman sees a four-acre field of marijuana. Retail value, $4 million. And they face the problem of disposing of the illicit crop before it goes to seed. Sheriff Lohman's answer, call in the Marines. Marijuana is a weed and spreads like crabgrass once it goes to seed. But three Marines armed with flamethrowers live up to the Corps' boast. They have the situation well in hand. Okay, so we can all laugh at that newsreel from the 1930s, you know, the, the, the FBI busting the marijuana people, throwing them in jail. Let me be very clear. I think that marijuana should be legal and it should be decriminalized, but not promoted as a health food. Right now, many of you think that it's a health food and good for you. Again, ask the American Addiction Centers how harmless it is. Ask people who've been addicted to it how harmless it is. Ask people whose lives have been destroyed by marijuana how harmless it is. Ask people who've gone from marijuana to cocaine to heroin to fentanyl and other dangerous drugs, how dangerous this gateway drug is before you open up your pie hole. Let's look at the chemistry and the physiology. What does it do to you in the long run? What does it do to the brain? Well, we all know it has an active chemical co compound called tetrahydrocannabinol or THC. And just before we go on into the THC thing for a minute, there are products on the market that are used for treating pain that are excellent that are devoid of THC because there are other 
cannabinoids that work very well to relax muscles, reduce inflammation, protect damaged tissue, regulate appetite and metabolism, and other things. The endocannabinoids are very useful. But THC is very dangerous. What is THC? Now you're laughing, all you potheads saying, oh, that's the stuff I love. All right, get back to me in five years. Okay, what is it? What in marijuana is it that gets you high? THC mimics substances called endocannabinoids that the human body makes on its own. In the brain, endocannabinoids do their work by controlling the production of neurotransmitters. What is a neurotransmitter? Neurotransmitters are chemicals that facilitate communication between the central nervous system and the brain. In your body, in the rest of your body, outside your brain, as I just said, the endocannabinoids relax muscles, reduce inflammation, regulate appetite, protect damaged tissue, etc. So these are all good things. These are the good things that your body does, right? But what are the long-term effects of marijuana on dopamine? What happens to the brain of young people? It's one of the most popular drugs on the market today. Maybe you're a parent listening to this podcast and you want your son or daughter to listen to it and they can laugh at this old guy. Tell them that this old guy spent many years in the islands of the South Pacific before Fiji was in a bottle of water sitting in villages collecting medicinal plants and working in laboratories on the uh, on natural healing, natural remedies. They can look up some of my books. But uh, before I get into the distinct area of weed and opioids, let me say right away, there's a reason it's called dope, because it causes memory problems. And amongst young people, cannabis temporarily prevents the brain from developing new memories and learning new things, which actually is a form of short-term memory. Can you believe this? Well, you better believe it. And we'll talk about dopamine levels. People who start smoking pot around the age of 16 can become dependent on these substances by 20. What about heart disease? You don't care about that if you're young, right? Well, you'll care about it when you're not young. But potheads are more likely to have persistent coughs, trouble breathing, they produce excess phlegm and mucus from their throats. Marijuana can cause irregular heart rates, increases the risk of acute coronary syndrome. Pregnant or nursing mothers pay close attention. Pot has been associated with long-lasting harm to the exposed child's memory, babies, infants, fetuses. Your cannabis toxins are carried in breast milk and can be passed to the infant during breastfeeding. Most of you won't drink when you're pregnant. You know enough not to do that because you don't want fetal alcohol syndrome in your child. You, you know, you heard about that. But what about fetal marijuana syndrome? Something I just named. I just named it fetal marijuana syndrome. You won't hear that because there's too much money involved right now. We know that only one in 10 users become addicts, but. People who start cannabis use in adolescence, that rate increases to one in six become addicted. Can you just kick it whenever you want? You go try it. You go try it. You go try it. Many of you say, oh, I can get off at any time I want. It's not addictive. Nonsense. It's very addictive. 
Just try to kick it and see whether it's addictive or not. And by the way, see what it does to your depression, insomnia, anxiety, and, and appetite. The long-term dangers of marijuana are well known in the medical literature. And again, I want to go back to the endocannabinoids. What are they? Well, I told you we make them ourselves. Our bodies make them ourselves. But the THC in cannabis mimics natural endocannabinoids. And the same effects that, are, that come about from the normal application of endocannabinoids in your own body, like pain control, inflammation control, are triggered with the use of marijuana, which is the good thing. Unfortunately, THC causes memory issues and affects pain levels, alters emotion, pleasure, and movement control. Definitely screws up your memory. Why does marijuana screw up your, your memory? It's the way marijuana affects the hippocampus, the region of the brain that regulates short-term memory. Cannabis temporarily prevents the brain from developing new memories and learning new things, which is a form of short-term memory. So it makes you stupid. There's a study in the journal Molecular Psychiatry, a journal, and they found that heavy ca cannabis users are at risk for developing false memories. Hello? False memories. Even if users had not smoked pot for over a month. Did you hear this? False memories. Regular marijuana smokers in their teenage years are therefore more likely to have serious memory problems. Uh, a study on this was published in the Hippocampus Journal, which found that teens who smoke pot every day for three years actually had abnormally shaped hippocampal regions when they reached their early 20s. It actually changes the anatomy of the hippocampus in the brain. And those people performed around 18% worse in long-term memory tests. Go fly a jet plane while you're high. Again, before you laugh at what you're hearing and turn this off, I am not promoting the use of any other drugs or alcohol. Don't assume because I'm knocking marijuana, I'm telling you to go out and have a beer. I didn't say that. Just listen and learn something. Don't be a dummy your whole life. You'll thank me in the long run. There was another study published in the, in the JAMA Internal Medicine. J-A-M-A Internal Medicine. And they found that there was, quote, such a consistent association with verbal memory for chronic exposure to marijuana, even when other factors like cigarettes and alcohol were put into the equation. As the years of marijuana use went up, verbal memory scores went down. 50% of pot smokers tended to remember one fewer word from a list of 15 words. <laughs> one of the study's authors worried that, quote, this transient effect could damage how the brain processes information, how that information is recalled later. It's perfect for Twitter. Marijuana is perfect for tweeters. Really, really good for people on Twitter or Facebook where you just have to grunt out a few words and think you're literate. Okay, so let's move on. Let's look at the rest of the story here on the dangers of marijuana. Again, most dangers for young people. And now it's being pushed into children as something that's healthy and a health food like sushi. I wonder how many liberal mothers give their daughters a joint at age 13 because they smoked it. I don't know. Just look how they dress in the streets. You could probably figure it out. What about toxic chemicals in marijuana? Hmm? 
Oh, there aren't any. It's an herb, isn't it? Wrong. It has toxic chemicals like tobacco, but some of them are worse. Marijuana smoke contains ammonia, hydrogen, cyanide, and these chemicals in long term can damage the bronchial passages in the lungs. Regular potheads are more likely to have coughs, trouble breathing, phlegm, mucus in their throats. And there's a journal of general internal medicine which wrote that marijuana smoking does to respiratory health some bad things. It has some significant similarities to that of tobacco smoking, right? But what about THC when it leaves the respiratory system after you've gotten high? Where does it go? Your body's an amazing machine. THC, the active compound in cannabis, which gets you high, leaves the lungs, goes into the bloodstream, and moves throughout the body. What happens then? The National Institute on Drug Abuse says that the chemical can increase the heart rate by as many as 50 beats per minute, which can last as long as three hours. Now, I've got to pause right here, because I remember when I was young, one of the effects that I hated from marijuana was increased, an increased heart rate, sweaty palms, paranoia. It happened to me every time I smoked, and I knew it was no good for me. As I say, many of you smoke it and you think it's great for you. God bless you. Get back to me in 10 years. I'm warning you right now, when you get older, regular marijuana use can contribute to the possibility of a heart attack, but also to heart rhythm disorders and stroke, even in young people, even in young people who have no other risk factors for heart disease. The American College of Cardiology notes that marijuana causes irregular heart rates, increases the risk of an acute coronary syndrome, Right? So if you have any desire to avoid a heart attack, avoid marijuana. The American College of Cardiology writes this, quote, marijuana's use may be associated with increased mortality in patients with a history of myocardial infarctions, heart attacks, end quote. So in other words, if you're a heart attack patient, don't fall for the big lie that marijuana is good for you. Now, I know what's the big missing link in this discussion. What you're going to say is, I don't smoke it, I take it in a brownie. I don't smoke it, I take it in a gummy. I don't smoke it, I take it in, a, in a this, in some honey. Or I drink it in some dr drink that they made now. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Remember, most of what I'm telling you today is about the effects of THC, irrespective of the form of delivery. What about if you're a pregnant and nursing mother? As I said to you, if you're stupid... And you want to produce a baby who's addicted, go ahead and smoke that joint. How could you not understand that? Many of you certainly wouldn't drink if you're pregnant. I told you before, because you're afraid of causing fetal alcohol syndrome, a well-known effect of drinking in mothers when they're pregnant. And there are, there are manifestations of fetal alcohol syndrome that are well-known. You can look it up anytime you want. So any mother who's sane does not drink alcohol when the baby is uh, gestating. I'm sorry, the fetus is gestating. It's well known. But you might smoke a joint, won't you? Because you saw that it's good for you. Because some slut in, in Hollywood smokes it while she's pregnant. Because some degenerate movie director put that scene in to make sure that you'd addict your, your own child. I'm warning you. If you are pregnant or want to become pregnant, or are already pregnant, stop using marijuana, don't use it. There's a whole story here about wanting to become pregnant, which I should do at another time. 
because I wrote a book many years ago on on what you should do in order to become pregnant, what not to do when you're trying to become uh, a pregnant. What about addiction and, and testicular cancer? I can just speed this up a little bit. There's an article about what 20 years of research has taught us about the chronic effects of marijuana. And there are other problems related to the long-term use of, of dope. Risk of addiction, possibility of testicular cancer. Where's that coming from? It was a 2015 study published by BMC Cancer. That's the British Medical Journal. Cancer found that, quote, current chronic and frequent cannabis use is associated with the development of testicular germ cell tumors. Could you believe this? Now, doctors said this does not mean that marijuana causes cancer. They also said that testicular cancer is a very rare condition. However, there is a relationship between cannabis and the risk of testicular cancer. So there is a risk factor involved, according to the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. Let's talk about sex and marijuana. Many of you think that it's good for sex. It makes you have better sex. I don't know. That's up to you. We do know that it reduces inhibitions. The Journal of Archives of Sexual Behavior said that, quote, the illegality of marijuana actually facilitated the sexual exploits of study participants when many people using the thrill of the illegal activity with the purchase and use of cannabis are taboo to augment their sexual desires and behaviors. That means nothing because marijuana is legal almost everywhere now. And as I said to you, I'm for decriminalizing marijuana, but we need a big educational campaign on the dangers it certainly has to be stopped from being sold to children. Animal studies, what did they show us about marijuana and sex? Animal studies found that marijuana inhibits the receptors in the erectile tissue of the animal penis in the Journal of Sexual Medicine. What does that tell us? Cannabis consumption before sex does more to limit sexual function than it does to increase it. Those of you who don't know this, I'm just giving you a little uh, stuff on this. What are the other health risks? Do I need to give them to you? Huh? People who smoke pot for a long time, according to the Journal of Medical Association, JAMA, according to the Journal of the American Medical Association, people who smoke dope for a long time had worse gum health than others, development of gum disease, increased risk of psychotic illness. That's a big one. IQ decline, downward socioeconomic mobility. Um, okay, fine. So you'll say that's all because it was illegal, but now that it's legal, all that's going to go away. Again, get back to me in 10 years. And by the way, call up an addiction center and ask them how many kids and people are trying to kick marijuana and have to go into addiction centers. Okay? What does it do to your, to your life, whether it's legal or illegal? It does an awful lot of bad stuff. And I just want to say this to you. Just remember this. You may think it gets you high and it makes you feel good. A lot of things get you high and make you feel good. But in the long run, it will affect you very negatively and it will increase your risk of health problems in your mid and later life. This is Dr. Michael Savage with a real PhD in a field related to herbal medicine from the University of California in Berkeley. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, 
Sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.